You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> Since we already got one foot in, we're just going to go ahead and just mosey on into musings. Mosey, mosey. Hmm. Well, hmm. Any, musings. Any thoughts? Ponderings. Any feelings? Wonderings. <laughs> <laughs> have like baby musings but they all add up but they don't add up i'm gonna oh, look dear. like i'm gonna look like you I'm know a, that let guy me let you start off with all those strings oh like, the meme where look. you're just connecting right. stuff Man. oh gosh okay. okay so this first musing is gonna start with sean delaney because here we go <sighs> because why not i mean i i everywhere i turn i see your face and i just miss you, <laughs> I miss you. Just, just come on back uh we're gonna talk about this home screen um, and the fact that uh, someone was able to point out to me, and I was appreciative of it, uh, was that the the gear that he had on, it was for a particular team, and they were uh, Tottenham. So what that did to me was make me play Kenny as I've always saw him, when he was someone who was like, yes, he shows up after his extracurriculars to come and do the tech stuff for Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does it on the weekends for Carolyn, but he finds time to to run with the boys as it were for Carolyn to say as de- defeated or as depleted as she was I miss the smell she misses how I guess he would be coming home the funk right that's the, a lie running, I mean most moms <laughs> most moms when you come up with the funk they're like get the no right get in the shower right. you disgust me at this I'm, moment I'm in wondering time. if she would have to remind him because that's just so I assume of- she meant the smell of his neck because that's where I believe everyone's actual smell is I mean, you know, I have a keen nose. And so I just that's just one of those things that (laughs) either you have a good smell where I like it. It's working. The chemical chemistry is happening and I find it pleasant or I find it abhorrent. I rarely have an in-between of someone's personal scent. But I would assume it's the neck. It's the neck smell. The smell you get when you get a hug or potentially a kiss or a smooch where you're in there, where you're close enough to be like, this is you. Carolyn, she's a mama. So that smell that is your person's smell, unless their diet and things, body chemistry has changed drastically. It's similar to what you smelled when you were holding them to me that's like an extra level her being like i i miss his smell because it's like oh god i just i feel like she turned that nature part off and i don't know if they've been close enough to be like nuzzled by each other in some they don't seem like nuzzlers right like potentially we've never really seen hugs actually Right. So that's why I'm like, she says she's always been careful. Maybe she has not been. Doing... Maybe she went to smell his clothes. She could have done something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like you, you leave a, a hoodie out or whatever. You just sniff it and you get that sense of comfort because it smells like your person. Oh, so you can deal with long distance. You're like, Sammy, something that smells like you. Right. <laughs> Until it doesn't. And you're like, man, send me another one. I ruined it. But yeah. Dear husband off to war. Here's a little something <laughs> to lift your spirits. You definitely don't want that back if you send it to a man going <laughs> off to war. That's right. what I'm Oof. So I just wanted to do the whole, we figured out what Kenny was wearing. We don't know if that will play into anything. Tottenham, I mean, who knows if anyone will look into that type of detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone was playing around with the idea of maybe he flips his uh, phone's lock screen to whatever when he's at work. Right. When he leaves, it's 
the picture of them as a couple if the couple was a legit thing oh. and it was a fraternizing issue at I work. I love how your crazy brain works. What I the mean, hell? Because you, you see, Dredd, Dredd was all in the conversation between Red and Kenny. No, and I, it was like, it was so obvious that she was involved but not involved because right. she was looking through the side of her eye and I'm like, What if that was just interesting direction? Well, right. <laughs> I mean, well, we don't know. But don't actually, really. I'm, I'm still with you that people at the Bitter Pill are not who they pretend to be or they're just other, like they also work other places right. as well. Not just right. the Bitter Pill, but other places. I mean, it's a living. They're freelancing. So, you know, yeah. you're a secretary here, but you know what? Maybe the bank is over where the 12 is at. And it, mm. you know, that's fine if that's how you survive, I guess. Um. Oh, let's see. Who else is here? Oh, when... Uh, Villanelle was talking up her wanting to be a keeper and Dasha brought up a keeper needs patience and responsibility. Oh, Villanelle was like, I don't, you ha- need I don't, have, I don't got, uh, <laughs> not a one, Dasha, not either. She, what she meant to say was, I don't got not a one for anyone not named Eve. Eve. Oh <laughs> my God. Yes, because we can never forget how rude and petulant Eve was towards the end. Take off your shoes, go over here, help me with the ghosts. Right. Do you want to watch? Don't ask me questions like that, Villanelle. And then remember Villanelle coming out like, um, Eve, I just did all this shit. Like, what you got for me? And Eve was like, nothing. Can you even say thank you? Nothing except for right? this, this very tight-lipped, thank you. Thanks for helping me out, right. Villanelle. So she had tons of patience because right. instead of fucking up Eve right there, instead of pulling out a gun then to be like, you know what? She was like, uh, I'm gonna just go see your man and get my frustrations out that way. And, that's and just let did. him know the girl is mine. Right. Had about oh, enough. Yes. It's not hard to see. The girl is mine. And Nico would lose that rap battle slash R&B battle for sure. He did. He, he did. did. He, he did. definitely did. He lost it. You would have thought I was the bad guy. When she pulled out that scar, he was like, my wife did that. <laughs> Such an Ooh. intimate location. She's like, I know. It was so intimate. So, uh, yeah, as you can see, I'm just flying by all these things that I recognize. Because if you look at my notes, they look they look nuts. They just do. Um, oh, why did I bring up Nadia? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Why not? Uh, I said that Vil with Nadia showed us that Villanelle is quick on her feet, but these are things we already knew and slow to apologize if she ever does. So it's not like Villanelle's going to be like, I'm sorry I tried to kill you that one time. Like, that's not oh, Nadia. No, no, she's not sorry. Right. She's By the same time, she shouldn't be surprised considering she was asking Eve for an apology and Eve was like, oh, nah, but are you apologizing to me? And she's like, oh, nah. And she's like, well, why are we two people who don't want to apologize looking for apologies? How'd that make sense? Right. And Villanelle was like, because I just want you to do what I say, not what I do. Eve. And, and all of this is going to play into how they will innately react to each other once mm-hmm. they see each other on feral right feral right and that's why i was like that is the true natures of you both of you both it's feralness that also includes the violence and of course the sapphicness okay so let me take a look at one of my musings here i just feel like i became the father from wild thornberries and i don't know why smashing <laughs> <laughs> of course okay so this is just a quick muse quick question as we know from series one villanelle has a thing about bathrooms when she was checking out her latest villa acquisition courtesy of dasha and the 12 she seemed very pleased with the water pressure as you pointed out and the sinks and the tubs and the stuff 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 question to you is how many ladies if any will villanelle bring home to her villa because of eve for cosplay and foreplay that well, is uh, CF time. <laughs> I like CF time. Um, she only has, uh, because of 
the erratic schedule of Dasha. And I'm pretty sure Dasha has her own place to stay, but keeps popping in to check in on Villanelle in a Got way to. that is annoying. Got to them. Right. So I, I don't know if Dasha will wake up or show up when Villanelle is flanked by two PYTs. Like, I don't know if we'll Pretty get that scene. Thing. I don't know if we will. I don't know if we will either, but at least but imply I, it. I, I at mean, least imply right, it. It would be nice. Oh, you gotta if, pick a number though. That's the guess. Well, oh, say, so your answer okay. is yes, that she will bring a bitch home. Right. So if you're saying I, I yes, how many? I want to give us the joy, but I feel like Suzanne's not focused on Villanelle getting joy from other women. So oh. I'm gonna say that the well, she hasn't gotten baseline, any yet on screen. Right. So there's and that. We are 25 percent done with the like. I'm just like math is bothering me, and I like I know figures. you and your maths, your right. quick maths. <laughs> so I mean, so far no. I mean, we saw an eye looking at one, which is you know sort of a process but not progress so it was i married this episode but we're not doing things we're not kissing and stuff it's oh this is a nice neighborhood you know Ni <laughs> nice yams <man. laughs> nice yams and then um so maybe episode three it will be like avoid and then episode four they'll give us like some envelope if episode three Damn. is eve if episode three is eve that means there, there can be no other woman for episode three and unless the fever pitch of being but near you're Eve you're forgetting the absurdity of the wedding. The, if the wedding didn't oh, appear right. and it wasn't so fucking absurd, I'd say things need to be chronological and logical in Killing Eve perhaps this season. But nah, nah. Suzanne was like, fuck all that. Right. Logic. Bye, bitch. So maybe that's not where we are. She's so season. worked up after the altercation on the bus that right, she needs that she needs to, to bang right. so somebody. At least one. And choke maybe, them out a little bit. So maybe <laughs> maybe it'll be the scene. <laughs> it'll be the scene right before she goes to the teddy bear shop. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like she that tried way. to like screw her feelings away. And that's why she And was, she still's too soft. Right. right she came right. in there all angry like, <laughs> right. I should have shot you. And then literally a message and a half later. I can't stop <laughs> thinking about you. To start playing some Sinead O'Connor in the background. I'm, I'm emo. Seven hours <laughs> Seriously. All right. So that was just a quick muse. For my own answer, I say yes, just because I aspire towards sapphic greatness in the show. So why not? I say she will bring someone home for the cosplay for play. And I'll just go with three. I like three. It's holy. <laughs> <laughs> I like three. Another quick muse I had was anyone can fight. It takes a special person to kill. It's that line from Villanelle that she says to Felix in the last episode. And so, like, she's got to be talking about Eve, right? I mean, in general, she's perhaps talking about the murder. But I'm saying Nadia was also a killer. And she did not have a piece of the attention and the designation of speciality that Eve has received. And so that's sort of half the muse. She has to be talking about Eve, right? And that it's not just about killing, actually. It's not just about your ability to take a life. Because clearly, that did not intrigue her even beyond, oh, did you kill a grandmother? For Felix, it's about the darkness. It's about, perhaps, the flair, the style. Right. The ability to see all the things that a, someone like a Villanelle, who's a murderer, potentially wants someone to see, but usually doesn't until Anith Palastri. No, I definitely agree. I don't think that uh, Felix was anywhere near ready for any kind of mission even if it Poor was our Felix, even if it was like a, a training run through with this organization, this may have been his first time out in the field, but he wasn't ready. I don't know what they usually do to profile to say that people can go and do things. Mm. 
And yeah, that's what I already told you my feelings about right. the 12. They are tanking in terms of how do you find recruits? Because there really should be no shortage of recruits in this very fucked up world in which right. innocents are harmed all the time and changed for the worse. So I can promise no. you all the money, all the riches. And all you need to do is just do what I need you to do in the moment I ask you to do it with no questions. Like I could see a lot of uh, the his generation, Felix's generation, being more than willing to be like, what? I could get away from my abusive parents. I could get away from my, uh, my, you know, terrible, like, you know, environment. I can see the world. You will let me travel. Sure. Sign me up. Well, actually you touch on something that I actually think ultimately I'm, I'm, is where I'm at with Felix and I can be wherever I want since he's gone forever is that maybe it was ultimately a way out for him. That what I was suggesting before that anger management issues that could be anywhere from, you know, chromosomal to what you're exposed to when you grow up from lead and paint to like shitty water that has led to all of these things caking up to say with this extreme homophobia and bullying that he received, he hit a breaking point. But potentially with therapy and or medicine and or coping mechanisms, Felix doesn't need to be a killer because he was like, what I'm looking forward to is watching the life drain out of the eyes. He's like, I want to travel. I want to see the world. Right. So that doesn't say to me someone who needs to murder compulsively because it's what they are or what they need to do, perhaps like a villanelle, it is incidental. He and it's easier for him to murder people who he thinks deserves it, probably. Well, he would have done great had he been born in America. Without G. school students? Here I come. Oh, no, oh. with that bus oh. car, he right. would have been one of right. Uncle Sam's boys. That's right. That's the enemy. You go and shoot all the way Lord, over there. you know, I think the armed forces and police have two types of people, the noble and the bereft. The ones without any nobility and can just do callous things. So that actually, yes. Right. All so. that. Had he been born and raised in a different region, he would have got to see the world. He could have been stationed in, in Kuwait or South America or wherever. And, you know, probably had an offshore Maybe baby. Maybe found himself a little agent, Mo. <laughs> right. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. No. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you in your feels. You're like, nah, not mad. He could, but he could have found him a little something. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of uh, offshore leave, extracurricular activities, especially if, you're, if he was like in the Navy, then, I mean, that's... He would have been in Disney World, probably. Who knows? I'm, I'm not a... I mean, I, I'm thankful for all of the um, <laughs> forces and all of the hard work that they do. Um, and we do appreciate that you like to protect borders uh, near and far. Um, but also, oh, humans absolutely. are going to human. I mean, I just, yeah, don't get that twisted in case I, my, my statement was confusing. I have ultimate respect for people who work in the armed force and the military, especially because I have so many family members some who of have my served. Best, some of my best exes are, are <laughs> in the Navy. Right. No, I'm like, just, I mean, calling me with, with, with three-digit numbers. Like, I didn't even think that Yo, that was a thing. That's the thing, though, is that there's hella queer people. In the military, actually. And thankfully, Don't Ask, Don't Tell has been eroded. And so those jokes don't exist. But actually, it's long time. Long time. There's a lot of queers in the military. Queer people like to also serve and do stuff like that. So that's not something unusual. I just lost what was about to come out of my mouth. Give me a second. We were um, looking for a way that someone like Felix could have thrived. And I brought up the notion of him maybe serving, if he would have been raised in the United States, him being able to serve in the military would have given him the ability to travel like he wanted because that's ultimately his goal was this was his out he was running away from like the torment and then the heartbreak and so he was just like yeah i'll do whatever okay. as long as it gets me away yes i'll do whatever you say yes i can do this yes i can do the skill or whatever but villano clocked that she was like 
Yeah. Also, you. So that's the part. That's an interpretation you're going for. That Villanelle clocked that he was full of shit and mostly looking for escapism and just decided to murder him. The petty in me says Villanelle didn't even think that far ahead because she was just like, <laughs> but, but, but this is this isn't happening. I'm not managing anybody. So even if you successfully kill this bitch, I will lie and say you failed and I had to do it for you and just shoot you because the way I saw it was how she dealt with Nadia and dude. Um, I forget his name. Is that how you I shot Frank? Bang in the head. Like we knew from the jump when Constantine was like, oh, you won't work alone again. Now you got to play with your siblings. That she was like, oh, hell no. I will be looking for my opportunity to get out of this and then tell a lie that no one will believe. But I will still tell that lie and stick to it. And I felt like that was the case with Felix, that he did not stand a fucking chance with Villanelle because she is not the management type. She That's not her. Like she said to Dasha, and yet she still tried it anyway to just fail, to just take the big F. No, right. No, right. So it's like... So I think you have a point there about escapism and that the military would have been a better option because the military currently is that option for people it's just that when i said that thing about potential um derelict people degenerates it's because it's true and i i don't know if you saw that documentary recently that came out about that guy who he was one of the people pardoned essentially by trump and did a lot of horrible unethical things to people who were middle eastern or palestinian or stuff and it's just like like i like i understand law and order and why it's necessary in things and i understand that whole thing but at the same time without empathy if you are one of those people taking things and you have lost all your empathy if you've right. lost the sense of guilt if you've lost the weight that should accompany taking a life then you're on the other side of scary people of those cops that you cannot trust those people who are looking to feed into sadism and violence and i think actually and as we've seen from the data things with the fbi going into the armed forces or the police is a perfect place for a sociopath or a psychopath to hide and yes. to dole out pain at will and so of course not everybody in there is doing that but i'm just saying if you a person who is shitty and trying to do harm to people there are certain jobs that are better than others to cause damage so right poor poor felix poor felix Felix, still went on that fanfic too, guys. Don't, don't give me something that will make me cry. Give me something that will make me happy. Like right, Felix finding his man. Okay, finding his love. Thank you. I won't say that this is my medias, but this will wrap up my side of musings, where I will be uh, highlighting and uh, I don't want to say giving roses to, but this is what it will feel like to a one mo Jafar. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm glad this is your last one. Well, you have to just understand what kind of a special position that Omo Johari is. Yes, he may not be the first round draft pick of a Carolyn. Maybe he's third round because there's no Eve and there's no Hugo and there's no Jess. But he is still handpicked by Carolyn. And people can't say that. Many people cannot say that. So, yes, he was, you know, my men are working in comms. And guess what? He's getting a dose of what the real world is like up in the business of MI6 from outside of just the sector that he used to know. And life will be flipped and turned upside down for him. And you know what? He may not be the center of the story, but he exists. And for as long as he, he will be exist. alive, he is prominent and he matters. So for all the people that are in the comments saying, not a single person cares about Mojahari. I will say we that We care! They all matter. And Terrence really, I definitely, really I, I, I may care for other reasons. I may. <laughs> but kudos Sorry. to you. I am I am on this journey with you, and I'm excited for everything that you will experience. Because those fresh eyes, those doe eyes, we haven't we haven't had doe eyes for the field work of MI6. Oh, that since, that, no, that innocence. Right. That's how you know he's going down, boo. We he's gotta go down. We haven't had that. He's too since, green since Eve. 
So to watch in to watch Eve work with someone who knows way less and she can treat like they know way less versus other people who are like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. founders and experts and chiefs and and appointees in their fields it gives <laughs> eve someone to step on when she needs to step on somebody so it's a place for eve to vent when they are working together if they have many scenes together so we'll get to see some of eve just be able to get out something that that maybe a, a stronger person or a person in the higher status would say watch how you talk to me you know i love you but i don't love you that much like we don't don't have to worry about that part the bite back the bounce back right right so this is gonna be great and i can't wait personally i'm so glad you're excited you should follow me on twitter (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right so let me let me check out my musings all right okay so i've got two quick musings left and then uh, amusing sent in by a listener that i did not tell you about because i just want to throw it to you and see what happens Without any preparation. Okay. All right. The first of these last two musings is to do with parallels, use of parallels so far in series three of Killing Eve. And in that sense, we've seen, so far we've seen many foils, Dasha versus Carolyn, Dasha versus Constantine, Eve versus Carolyn, Carolyn versus Geraldine, and a few more pairings. Okay. And I think these personality foils have been fascinating. And with this last episode, we basically get another within the theme of mourning, namely what Carolyn decided to point out with dread, the concept of wailing and screaming and just letting it all hang out literally as you let your pain explode from you versus the constrained approach of Carolyn, I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm barely emoting this tear. I'm literally fighting with all of the energy of the earth to keep this tear inside of my eye versus actually dropping down my cheek, which is incredible considering Villanelle let that tear drop down her cheek and she's never supposed to cry. And here's Carolyn hovering the entire episode like bitch, oh, oh it's not dropping. Right. It's just right here inside my eye, which is why I that say Emmy. Strength. It's strength. Strength of character and strength of skill as a thespian. And so I guess the muse here ultimately is if we think about the mourning method, Dread and Eve are sort of on one side with Geraldine in terms of we're feeling, we're feeling a lot with Carolyn potentially on the other side with the type of Constantine where we don't know what's going on with y'all. Feelings are locked up. Do you think that there will be potentially some sort of juxtaposition with these parallels continuing in the series? For instance, will we see an oscillation from Carolyn at the end where she is very constrained right now? She's very muted in terms of what explosions we will see from her because we don't see any. And we know that we get the tossed thingy. Is that potentially a sign of Carolyn you know, ending up on the other side of the of the spectrum of this process where she's no longer on the muted side, but she's on the wailing side. And as a point of practical reference, that story I told you about that woman that threw herself in my grandmama grave because she was so distraught. And my mom was like, what? And it was so ridiculous that we got to laugh at right. the at the laying of the bodies. in because it was like, girl, now we got to roll the casket back up with you on there because you're ridiculous. Did you crack it? Good Lord. So what do you think? Do you think that there is space and room Especially given what Fiona Shaw said in that article you read, that we will see Carolyn in very, in a very different viewpoint. Because I don't know how differently I could see Carolyn beyond what I see, which is that she's strong, she's complicated, she's reserved about a lot of stuff, she keeps a lot of stuff to the chest. How else does that change dramatically unless you show me her losing control of something like that, like her emotions? If you ask me what would Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Lord. Carolyn Okay, yes, okay. Sure. If you ask me what Emerald Fennell's 
Carolyn oh Woody Moe. <laughs> I would see Carolyn as someone if she was um if she was sentenced to the firing squad, she would ask for her cigarette and the blindfold, and then she would take a f- her blindfold off. Mm. I see her as someone who could look directly at her firing squad as they shoot her while she's mid inhale or mid exhale. Like I see her being that bossy to the point where half the fire squad don't even want to fire. Like they, they, they just, they feel like they feel like what if this whole, I can see the fire squad shook to the level of what if the bullets we got in this guns, even though we loaded them, right. They're not really bullets. And this whole thing's a test to see if we had the balls to do it or not. And then what would the prize be? Do I want Carolyn's prize? Like I would, I would want it to be. I feel like she the her strap game, her balls <laughs> are just her way strap game too large. They're, they're, her so balls large. are way too large, and she's built with the with, with how we are to understand the nature of burying our feelings and true feelings, right. which is a very British thing to do, and she's. She's MI6 and she's not like a desk clerk at MI6. So she's dealt with delivering tough news. I'm sorry, your husband didn't make it. No flinching. You're bawling in front of me. Um, I mean, we did all we can or whatever. Um, you know, file for, for grievance or claims and, you know, with Diane. <laughs> see, <laughs> see if there's anything. Why have we just sent Diane to HR? That's what we've done. <laughs> right. Like, Put her in HR. Right. And so for us to now see Carolyn take an L and, but this particular L where she says she's always been careful. These are where we know that Carolyn has mentally prepared herself in the event of an emergency where right. in case there was a slip ever, she should not be shook at least on the outside. Now, if we're getting all these shots of her at home alone, if she wants to smash, if she wants to smash a vase, and no one's there to see her smash it. Did it get smashed by Carolyn? It probably fell over. She could say whatever she wants. So if that's her way of getting it out without no one noticing, sure. Is that what Suzanne wants to give us? We don't know. And Suzanne, we trust is, I guess, the hashtag. But if they want to give us a Suze- uh, Carolyn who is manic in front of witnesses, oh. that's who's who are you writing now? Because that's not Carolyn. That's not the Carolyn we are aware of. That's true. And I... I- I'm I'm halfway there with you because I do believe you can push characters far enough that they act potentially what feels out of character because they're pushed to these extremes. But I think that's that's one of those things where it really comes down to what do they do to Carolyn to cause this? Like something else would have to be a catalyst. For instance, your beloved agent Mo, he would have to go because even some even that even him being there is a, is an aspect of comfort because we're we're six months ahead of time and when we came back to Carolyn, he was just there. So we're supposed to assume that potentially he's somewhere in between Kenny and someone else. Like he's not a tech guy entirely, but he is there to be like a Kenny. Carolyn's like, do this, look this up, search that, check that, do that follow that and so i think that could be like if they take him away and then carolyn has to potentially feel more guilt it could add to the domino effect of and then you add a paul over seeing and overdoing overseeing and overdoing i hope paul dies if paul tries to take i know i said i had a piece of space for paul and i do but if paul tries to do anything to fuck over carolyn he needs to get murked by villanelle Paul's, I could see Paul asking Mo, what have you been up to? Or whatever. And it's like. And if Mo snitches, I'm sorry, but Mo got to go. Mo, you don't snitch on your fucking boss. That's not what the fuck you do. 
but he's already tight. Mo is dealing with answering to someone who doesn't even work fat by six. So like, okay, you this ain't is even true. got a piece this of credentials, but it's, there's no but it's, it's partly due to Eve's energy and the fact that it's so impressive. No, it is. Because he literally was bitching about like, you're not even my boss, bitch. Right. And this took me back to oh. final um, episode with Hugo and other shit we saw with, um, oh, actually still Hugo in the middle of series two after they had a little flirt thing. And then she was like, oh, can you like go do this over here? And he was like. Uh, I'm Hugo. I'm Hugo. <laughs> and this isn't even my job. It's not even what I do. So I just think it's funny that this is the Eve I want, the Eve that doesn't care. She's like, I need to get this done and you do it. You're standing here. And they're like, logically, this makes no sense, Eve. And she's like, oh, because I give a fuck about logic. I said, do this. Get it done. Matter of fact, get out Series of my face. one. Give me the file. Give me the folder. And she took the phone. She's like, bitch, leave me alone. And literally laughed yes. as she walked off and with he Mo. And was still trying to talk. Oh, that's misandry <laughs> energy. She has no time for men. And I will never be upset at that. When she was pretending to be Carolyn, I left my key, room 12 key now. And she was like, oh, you know, it's annoying how effective it is when I'm, I guess, rude or whatever she right. said. But yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> misandry, sure. Uh, Give it to me. Like maybe she would have a piece of time for queer men, but we don't see them. They're not coming across her desk. That's just Paul. And because Carolyn has all the deets about what Paul be up to, she don't got to give him the time of day right now. All right. So that was that. I was just curious what your thoughts were. And Suzanne, we, tr- we trust. We'll, we'll, we will see. We, we are there until we are not. Right. We are there until we are not. Before we get to this listener question, quick Dasha musing about Villanelle's Dasha cosplay kill from episode one. And then the sentiment she includes while talking to Dasha in episode two. Where, you know, in episode one, she pours the paprika and she's like, untouchable. And she kind of says it like a, in a mocking way, like, untouchable. Yeah, right. Look at, I just did it. And I would have to say, I agree because we both know Candace was unimpressed, which is, oh, you poured some paprika. That's okay. Cool. I thought it was a basic ass kill and it seems Villanelle did too. Agreed. I also saw that. Because as I've already said, if it was not going to be basic, it should have included an element of gymnastics, something that was uniquely Dasha, that no random person like a Felix with no training could just come and be like, paprika on your face. Look, Dasha 3.0. Something wrong with that. He could have been the boy wonder. See, I'm just going to stop. He could have, but we can't help it. And it's because this is how we are with queer characters. We just end up doing this. But God, Felix was adorable. That being said, with what Villanelle said to Dasha in this episode about, you know, when Dasha brings up the kill that did not go the way it should have. And she's like, well, I improved on an old relic. Or I improved on an untouchable relic, I believe is the phrase. I expect this shade will continue because it's been here for the first two episodes. Obviously, there's a competitive nature. And if I had to imagine a young Villanelle with a cocky as she is Dasha, Dasha was like, oh, bitch, you'll never be me. Matter of fact, let me take you through this hallway of my awesomeness. And Villanelle (laughs) then with her attitude and confidence was like, oh, watch me, bitch. And perhaps, perhaps, perhaps this is why they've brought Dasha in to say Dasha was, I mean, as part of the other foil stuff, but to say she was an an impetus to Villanelle being more extra with her kills. Now, I partly dislike that because I like to think that Villanelle was as extravagant with her kills anyway. And that is part of the innate attraction that is inexplicable in many ways between her and Eve. But by saying that she was potentially pushed in that direction by another killer and now she is, it's a part of the competitive nature of competing to say, oh, let me make this kill with an extra bit of pizzazz. I will say that that it does 
dampen some of the mystique for Villanelle for me, not in a completely horrific way, because I can get over it. I just, that was something that I'm like, oh, I feel like this is what they're trying to do. And I feel like this takes away from the magic of the ridiculousness of Villanelle's kills versus following kind of a template, but then, you know, doing better like anything else. Like, oh, this person played basketball in the 70s and now I'm playing basketball in the 90s and I can do things better than this person. Like tennis, because I've watched all your stuff and I can improve. So realistically, as Dasha, but Dasha has problems with her confidence and that she has a bunch of it, which isn't really a problem if you're a misandrist, is that she can't see that the next generation is always supposed to be fucking better. It's the argument between Michael Jordan and fucking LeBron James. And as it will continue for whoever comes after LeBron James, that you should be improving upon the person who came before. So I don't even know what this muse is. Is Dasha being unrealistic? And ultimately, actually, this is the muse. Will there need to be some sort of showdown between Dasha and Villanelle at the end of series three because of this running tandem thing of competition? I'm better. I'm the better killer. I'm more exceptional. I'm more efficient at this. I'm smarter. I'm more clever. Whatever. The showdown will begin the moment Villanelle no longer trusts Dasha to get her what she wants. So as soon as she feels that Dasha is not an appropriate channel to get her into her realm as keeper that we both know and know that she's not going to be able to get to because she sucks at being able to be some sort of manager or anything. But as soon as she feels that like how what was what what Kabi say? Oh, I thought this time it'd be different, but it's, <laughs> but it's just more of the same. Right, like, right, so right. As soon as Villanelle gets to that point of mentally with Dasha, she's done. She may leave the house. Like like we said, she's gonna pack up and just go to London. Bye. I have no reason to be here. There's no access point for me to get what mm-hmm. I want. Mm-hmm. You're not helping me. I don't care about your targets, your marks, your kills. None of it because I don't. I'm not in it for any of that. That's not what I wanted. Right. On the okay. back end, I wanted to kill the 12. And you're not giving me that access. So maybe killing you will be a better, I don't know, <laughs> consolation for wasting my time. And just be efficient, maybe. Villanelle. Be unemotional and get the job done if that's what happens. I agree there. I mean, I don't really know. I've seen some stuff from Harriet Walters interviews where she, and I think this could also be just a thing actors do where they're like, oh, anything could happen. Oh, who could happen? Who knows what could happen next season? But they could just be out here talking like Sean Delaney, like, who knows what could happen next season? And I'm not in it. I'm totally not in it, but who knows? And so I don't know if she's saying that stuff just to leave it open-ended that Dasha does not get got at the end of the season, but... If she's on record saying, oh, I only received so many but so many script pages, then that means you're going to die. Well, she didn't say that, but she more so was sort of like in talking about Dasha's relationship to Villanelle. One of her mm. interviews was saying, oh, who knows like where this could go, implying that it could go someplace else in season four. And the only reason that bothers me is because it's like, I, I feel like if Dasha's still around... At the end of season three, there's still unresolved stuff with the 12 that Villanelle thinks she needs her for. And I don't know how that will play out or could play out. Perhaps I will just love the shit out of it. But right now I'm like, oh, well, I would like certain things resolved at the end of the season and moving on to a next thing, possibly. But yeah. Well, if it helps to remystify uh, Villanelle and how she was brought in and her desire to kill with flair, might I draw to your attention, unless, you know, Suzanne decides to retcon this, that um, chopping the knob off of Anna's lover was before <laughs> her induction into the training situation. So her flair and her ridiculousness was always a part of her. She just needed a direction to put it in. And once okay, she had I a can direction... Fl- I can try to flip it around. We can take it from that perspective and say that they paired Dasha with Villanelle because they saw that she had flair and that Dasha was the best handler. I can go from that perspective as well. And that is a more pleasant perspective than the okay. one I was at earlier. Oh, cool. Yay. Good. Also, can we just mention really quickly Villanelle's lack of awareness, self-awareness, in that we were passing about Felix because I just feel like 
that line she says when Felix is like, oh, yeah, you know, I was my boyfriend. She was like, you did all that for a boyfriend. That part of me is like, let that be your misogyny and be like a boy. But if we talk about love, Villanelle, Villanelle, Villanelle. And I'm like, um, checklist, <laughs> checklist, stocks, buys, kills things, kills people, says you're doing it for her to give her space, buys perfume. If we go to series one, please come with me. You don't shoot a bitch then. You don't shoot a bitch in her house and you don't shoot a bitch in your crib. Literally, you see her on your bed. She is dangerous and you promise that hoe that you will not kill her. You don't. And she stabs you. Then the next season, where you at? Uh, do crazy things when you're in love. And she gets there. Eve, what do you need? Eve, what can I do? Eve, Eve, Eve. Mm-hmm. Watching you in the rain. Eve. Mm-hmm. Tormenting your husband. Eve. Stealing recipes <laughs> to cook for you. Eve. Which is why when they were finally working together and she was like, Eve, don't forget. The only thing that makes you interesting is me. It's like, girl, please. <laughs> girl, you have been entirely and completely obsessed with this hoe. From the minute you saw her and you decided you needed to work four extra bitches just to deal with your sapphic feelings. So I think it's funny that Villanelle has no amount of self-awareness here for poor emotional Felix who murked a bunch of people for gay rights. And to avenge his boyfriend, and here's Villanelle, babysitter of Aaron Peel, torturer right. of the ghost. No hugs. No O's. Postcards she didn't even get a frisk. Red. She didn't even get a frisk. Postcards on red. And here she is talking about, oh, you did all that? You did all that <laughs> for love? What are you talking about? <laughs> I just held up a man for a shepherd's pie recipe. I don't know anything about being extra for love. Not me. Not me. It's not even like they had one of those reunions where Eve was like, I found Julian's house. And I thought I... i thought i caught you you called for me and i came like like there's no i mean yes i think villanelle seeing that eve came to her rescue even though she was already in the car half choked out and half asleep delirious of a raymond uh that she was like wow she really would come save me and then from there it was like no turning back oh do you back. mean from the Aaron Peel coming with the paper no, knife no 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 with the driving away with Raymond oh seeing that Eve showed up when she tried to call her Eve Halastri you piece of shit like she was right she right. was flailing she was like she oh was the 12 don't want to come oh okay am I six can you come can someone come because that's this- what I'm saying she ultimately can't believe Eve because old adage actions speak louder than words Eve has said a lot of shit uh-huh. and some of it we liked a lot of it we didn't like especially from series two but her actions are different her actions are different it's like where she's like oh, I want to kill you with my bare hands Villanelle I'm so sick of you Villanelle I hate you and here she is with Martin I just want to make sure she's safe <laughs> Eve I think she'll be fine she's a fucking murderer no you don't know her like I do and she's really actually very sensitive and so I just need to make sure Villanelle's gonna be safe over there it's like come on Eve you want me to be weak. If that's your emotions, Eve, just just let the emotion wash over you. Truly, you remember truly how she felt on the other side of that door when she was catching that Oh, She's like, you want me to be crazy. You, you want this. <laughs> this is what you want. And you want like, me to never have an O. You just want me to be this pent up for the rest of my life. Fuck you, Villanelle. Villanelle's like, that's literally the opposite of what I want. I want you to top, bitch. And um, side note, BuzzFeed had a quiz today about, oh, which random killing you character are you? And the last question was like, who tops? And I was like, what is? Who's responsible for this? By the way, I got Felix. And I was like, I don't know how to feel about this, but I love Felix. So I'm not going to get who I want. So I'm not even going to take the quiz. I I feel like it is ultimately random because I think I saw someone like Makare got the chicken or whatever. And I was like, the The chicken. chicken. Yeah, you know, the chicken that Eve and Nico have. Right, right. I think I have the screenshot here. It said like Felix, gay icon. So I took that. I was like, well, thank you. You pretend that you're tough, but you're actually soft deep down. I was like, damn, they read me to filth. 
But it says you don't know what you're doing most of the time. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Candace likes to research. But otherwise, it's, it's spot on. And you, said, you said BuzzFeed. Oh, no. The, the babies found my, my, <laughs> my fight. They found it. Good. All right. So Good. let me look for BuzzFeed and see what they're doing over there. Yeah, you have to take that quiz. And in the interim, before we finish this recording, you will tell us who you are in the test. But yeah, that was it. I just wanted to point out Villanelle being full of shit because she has jumped through several hoops for Eve. A lot of people might say unnecessary hoops depending, but she has jumped through them all. And I'll say with glee, let's not forget how she rubbed one out in the car trunk after she escaped from right. Julian. Right. Literally caressing her scar and herself in general. As she thought about Eve, like, ah, can't wait to get back to London where Eve is. I love her. All right, so that was the end of that. I'm pretty sure you just said you agreed with me on Villanelle being ridiculous with her lack of self-awareness. Uh, uh, yeah, but you know, she got brought back to reality by her roots. When he was like, oh, <laughs> when you love someone and, and they don't. She's like, shh, I don't like when back. people speak truth to me like this. The <laughs> way her face dropped and she right. like, you know those memes where you look off into the sunset? That was Villadelle, where she was just like looking off into the sunset to ponder my emo-ness and sadness. Oh, I just remember the last news I wanted to bring up. It was about the uh, the droplets, the slash ink blot, as I was calling it in the recap, which is the new intro we got. So I was looking through things, skimming things and thinking about things. And I've seen people have different ideas or theories about this. Presumably these drops looking like black inks are drops of blood. And one thing that was of notice, and since things probably maybe should be deliberate, who knows? But if you look at this image here, you see where Sandra O's name is. Mm -hmm. And so it's over a splatter on this thing and it's this size. But then look at this splatter for Jody Comer. You know what? Don't don't I'm not trying to I don't I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna do that, but I hear you. And I see it. Listen, I'm not suggesting that Villanelle gets dead, if that's where you thought I was going. No, no, no. Just... I, I was... Well, what I was suggesting is that what if that's the indication of, like, bodies? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so this is Raymond. Eve is a murderer, technically. Oh, she out okay. here murdering. But if she were to compare to Villanelle, the spot starts to drown you, which is what I'm saying. Because if you take it subjectively, or not subjectively, if you try to look at it through some sort of um, artistic lens or whatever, what if... This initial drop that's dropped down is the murder drop of Eve. And it's there and it's, it's a little drop and it's whatever it does. But this from Villanelle is the drop she's been making since she was an adolescent. And then what if the drops coincide together and they join each other uh. at the same time in the show that our ladies join each other? Anyway, that was that was ideas for the morph. I think I took the wrong quiz. You got I Kenny. Got right. Well, <laughs> I don't want you don't want to be Kenny? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you did take the right quiz and you just got Kenny. <laughs> Poor dear. <laughs> but Kenny's a sweetheart. He's just dead at this time. You beat Kenny from season one. He was a delight. Okay. At just don't be stingy with get the toilet paper squares. Right. These Rona times, you right. know, the squares we can get. So anyway, any final thoughts on that mini muse? Um, I was scared with the blots. Now I'm going to have to look to see how big Kim Baltia's blot is and how big uh, Fiona Shaw's blot is. So now if it does repeat, I'm going to be looking feverishly to see if the patterns are the same. If they adjust. Oh, that'll be something because even if the whole blood ink block thing comes back, maybe it's different. Maybe right. it's morphed. Ooh, okay. Or they feature a character that... I mean, it's out there. It's outlandish. Who the fuck knows? Right, right. Um, but just something to think about. All right, and now we are to our our final muse of this snack episode, and it was a question slash observation sent in. So this is from Andrea, 
And she has sent a screen cap of an article. And the screen cap reads as follows. Walter isn't the only new person involved, but the most significant is, of course, Heathcote herself. The further the show gets from the two opening episodes, which contains a few examples of the show at its best and a few moments that play like scenes from a lackluster spec script. Oh, wow. The more assured and compelling it becomes, even when it doesn't work. The fourth episode, entitled Still Got It, is a perfect example of this leaping back and forth between characters and in time to tell the story of how a few precise and important moments came to be. It's a break from form that's downright refreshing, even if it's a bit overly precious at times. The fifth, presumably episode, quote, Are You From Pinner? Hmm. Sees Villanelle take some personal time, and while it's more of a mixed bag than his predecessor, it too feels fresh and unexpected, a surprisingly rare quality, and what was once TV's most consistently fresh and unexpected series. So that is a line. That's a, that's it was a line. And so Andrea says, "I'm throwing out that we don't get a VE, a Villanelle and Eve meetup in episode three, but instead some time trickery that shows them with the bruises, but we don't see how they get them until episode four or five, since reviews have." said they are kept apart until the end of eps available to review and this little nugget of info in this review that suggests a play in time in episode four so that's why i imagine they're gonna flash forward after it already i mean if they want if they want if they (laughs) want want war (laughs) do you want war no really i look when i opened this message i said oh okay i see what y'all fuckers trying to do to me andrea you wanted to bring the rage before the snack episode because i'll be angry i'll be upset if they do some shit like that oh here's a hint that villain on e fight but you don't get to see the reality of that till episode four so flash forward to flash back why flash forward to flash back you right why are we doing that I just—that's uh, been my question ever since episode one. Two steps forward and six steps back. This is the opposite of Paul Abdul's song. Right. We don't come together because opposites are not attracting They're in this not. way. I it's mean, not good. This makes you think of what was that—that that Sandra Bullock movie where it was different days of the week. Her husband was alive one day, he was dead the next day. It, that just kept happening. I can't think of the name of the movie, but I was about to say Slide Indoors, but that's Gwyneth Paltrow. That no, is not right. Sandra Bullock. It's, um, because she did the funeral, and then the very next day, he was alive again. So I don't know if she was on in two different weeks and during the same week or whatever oh, it was. But it doesn't sound familiar. And I feel like I've seen a lot of Sandra Bullock films. Yeah, this was this was a, a it was hat, but it was it was it was watchable because hmm. uh, you start trying to really figure out how how is this happening? Almost like um the other had drama with and it was writing mail to each other from the same house that they lived in but it was like years apart the notebook N- no I don't oh think shit it's see that. that's right, how right, I, right. sorry no. that's how bad i am with head films i'm like what's that it was like they were writing like parcel letters to each other that parcel they were receiving letters. from the same house but they were they were like you're, it sounds like you're apart. talking about emily dickinson and her lady um <laughs> who was also a sister-in-law but i just that's where my mind goes when you talk about letters being exchanged over periods of time right next door because <laughs> that was that uh let's see uh, no, no. Why you look for that name? I wonder. So as I was rereading her message, I wonder if she means like, like, what if we get something like this? And this would still piss me off. Eve is on a bus. Eve sees Villanelle. We see the charge. And then but then they cut it. But then they cut. But then they cut. They flash to Eve in office. Oh, bitch. Well, y'all will see live and in color how the fuck we respond to that if it happens because it won't be. 
it won't be we'll cute. have to rewatch the episode because there'll be no discernible audio right there will be the no TV. discernible audio we will miss scenes because we will be too busy stomping around and running around and we are actually in the midst of moving locations which is pretty melodramatic so oh, <laughs> we yeah. will have more space to actually run to actually leave the frame for 20 seconds at the very minimum to get our feels out you still looking for this movie title right i'm i'm looking now at a list of her films and i'm like lord one of these is gonna pop out to me uh let's see no well do you agree with andrea why you're looking for the film or do you no i mean if they do that it's gonna be okay do you how about this do you think that what she said is valid do you see it as valid we've been flash forwarding this whole time no true true True, true. Them oh, it's valid. Forward, it's valid. It's That's why when I read right. it, I was like, oh, Andrea, you didn't have to do this to me. You can let me keep my happy fails till Sunday evening, girl. But she was like, now, let me let you know what other people are saying out here in these streets, Candace, so you can have all the facts. No, thank you for sending me this because I do like to have as many facts as possible. Oh my God, I totally forgot to mention Amsterdam in my rundown of Villanelle being full of shit. Uh, how could I forget her drug binge and emotional breakdown in tears? In Amsterdam! <laughs> Over there now. Who is it? Premonition? No. Yes. Oh, did you Premonition is a 2007, my first click. A thriller horror film directed by Menan Yapo and starring Sandra Bullock, Julia McMahon, and Amber Valletta. The film's plot depicts a homemaker named Linda who experiences the Linda. days. Right. Who experiences the days surrounding her husband's death in a non-chronological order and how she attempts to save him from his impending doom. So, right. So it's like one day he's like dead and then the next day it's like Is a week sci-fi? ago. Is she like battling destiny? Oh. Time. Is she time traveling? Like because no. either it's real or it's fake. Well, that's what... Well, I don't know. Look if, at me. I'm already like, give right. me the spoilers. I'm sorry. I mean... I don't know if this thing is giving it to me. I mean, part of me wants to say I'll watch it, but then part of me doesn't because I'm always like, where's the queer version? For real, right? Where is it? I'll only, watch that. It's only 96 um, minutes. The budget was $20 million, so it wasn't that overly effects right. kind of a thing. You know when we're going to have a quality? You know when, when a quality will be reached, Terrence? When the queers have their own lifetime channel right. their own channel for absolute abhorrent shit but it still gets funded you're like look at the acting right. look at the set <laughs> right what is this script but you still get to have it and it's all queer content like when we have the ability to be as ain't shit as head content in terms of like what is this then equality has been reached i'm sorry i just wanted to say because i was thinking about that and i was like I, every time i see a movie plot i'm like but mm-hmm. is it is it gay could it be a little more gay than what it, it is could. okay cool we're the producers over here I mean, the same way how Gina Davis is like. So, wait, are you where are advising people to watch this film? Is that what you're saying? Was it good? Oh no, no. Um, oh, I feel like I really enjoyed this film. Oh, but I mean, it's het, but it's it's not overly. Oh, it's het. got the dude from Charmed in there. I just googled it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what his character's name was in Charmed, but you know, dude from Nip Tuck. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hopefully, that additional reference helped somebody else listening who's like, "Who the fuck are they talking about?" I feel like his last name is Man McMahon, Manon, Man, mm, eh. whatever. Man, moving yeah. on, moving on. We could Google, but I'm not gonna. Now you right. Does, Julia, I was right. Julian McMahon. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so I was right. Okay, I thought I remembered that credit coming up from Charmed. Oh, I, oh, I was about to sing the Roswell song. I'm all fucked up. It's almost 5 a.m. That's how I know. Candace, your brain is starting to glitch the glitch glitch. 
Oh, but yeah, I think Mia I Long is in this film. Yes, I think the reason why I ultimately brought this—I think she's the other woman. I mean, but I think that the reason why I brought this film up was because it was shot so out of order and it was jarring to everyone because you like you don't know that you don't know that you're out of order until you see the husband or you don't see the husband oh. because it's like one day he's here one day he's dead like one day she just wakes up she has scars on her face there's an empty pill bottle in her hand like, is this it's- like vintage christopher nolan with memento remember how you have to piece that movie essentially backwards because the character doesn't keep his memory and so he has to start tattooing himself and he's trying to unravel this mystery but like he has missing shits and then they uh, decide to make it workshop it into blind spot the tv series wow i've not watched blind spot but that sounds like (laughs) a read but like um sort of but not really because you don't really ultimately i don't feel like you get closer to understanding what happened by the end it's just she got to spend some of her which started out as not so fond memories with her husband into really, really happy memories of her husband. Hmm. I don't even know if she saves him or not. <laughs> I think I do know, and I don't want to spoil well, it. Well, at least, well, but, okay, good, good. Right. I will watch, potentially, maybe, <laughs> sometime soon. But, okay, cool, because I like Sandra Bullock. She generally entertains me. All right, well, that was it. So, were there any final thoughts you want to add in this incongruous conversation of what Andrea sent in, where she just tried to destroy all of our lives, hopes, and dreams, and say, oh, we get a hint that the fight's happening, but we don't get to fight. We don't get the fight. Well, I think with certain people trying to put um, pressure on Suzanne to deliver something that is of our wildest dreams, you know, censors be damned, that um, that there are things that we kind of deep-seated, deep, deep inside, we know that we really cannot get, but to have us worked up to not finish us off is just the worst kind of cruel and i don't want to be blue balled by suzanne i don't but i'm gonna wait till the end of episode eight to say if i got blue balled in some ways or not but in the meantime i have to ride this train where it's going so i'm just gonna say in suzanne we trust and just take it as i get it all right i'm not saying it's not an i'm not saying it's impossible because this seems like Maybe something they did on Fear. I haven't watched Fear. Oh, man. But and, we th- and we won't. And we won't. <laughs> right. And Sorry. Won't. Just keeping it one honey. That's not happening. But, you know, <laughs> here's hoping. I'm going to keep the optimism with you. All right. So that takes us to the end of my musings that I had. And if I lost anything, if I forgot anything, I'll let y'all know. All right, we'll be looking out for your alerts to let us know what we may have missed. We're going to step over and to spot it on Twitter at Tumblr. Oh, all right. Um, you guys see this? Wait, I'm going to send this What is it? Send it immediately. Right now. All right, so all the things. All right, I think I'll go here first because this is potentially the most hilarious spotted on Twitter and Tumblr. And this has to do with, just happened actually. And Sandra Oh, if you guys weren't aware, she tweeted about it maybe like a half hour before she actually did it. And it was a live that she was going to be doing on YouTube for National Canadian Film Day. 
because she's a great thespian and a great artist. She's always out here trying to support initiatives and things and things and things. And as we know, she's definitely top five, if not top three, if not top two Canadian exports of the whole country. So I'm glad they're constantly calling her up to be like, if we need to do something Canada related, get Sandra. Oh, please get her. And so she was doing that, speaking about art and creatives and whatnot. And evidently something interesting happened there <laughs> that while she was talking, she started to put a hair up into a, a bubba. A into bubba. her uh, Kristen Yang pony. Well, just, yeah, pony. She was like, my hair's in my face. Let me get it out of my face. It's a little warm in here, perhaps. So this tweet is from Barry. And she has an all, all caps. Sandra O oh tied her hair up during the live and the entire chat box went, we're, we're down. down. <laughs> <laughs> they have, I can't breathe. Hashtag Killing Eve. Hashtag Can Film Day. And so we're going to link it because it's hilarious because you got the first picture is of Sandra O, oh, big smile, putting up her hair with her AirPods in. And then the second image is like this shocked look right, on her face. she's reading. It's not shocked. It's just like confuzzled. She's like, let me read the, the text. What they saying? We're down. We're down. We're down. We're down. We're down. We're down. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It's just adorable. And so we're going to link it. And when I first saw it, it had like a thousand likes. And now, guys, we are careening very quickly towards 6,000 likes. So mm -hmm. I didn't retweet it because I didn't want to retweet it until I talked about it on the snack. But I will now because it's hilarious. And I just love that this kind of shit keeps happening to Sandra Oh with her authentic, <laughs> authentic surprise that she has. Just wonderful. So my tweet is more of an image that I'll try my best to describe. Um, the image uh, sharer, hopefully that you are also the creative, because this is adorable art. It's by Chinkino. And if you were to describe Top Eve energy. You fucking. <laughs> this is pornographic, sir. I mean, Except it's not really because right, there's no nudity. It's no, tasteful. It's. It's soft-ish. Eve is wearing a strap. I mean, listen. And Villanelle's holding on for dear life. Well, and, uh, <laughs> sometimes it be like that. That's right. All, right. That's I mean, say. Villanelle finally gets to let you go. You already know that that's where I'm at with right. it. That right. Eve needs to unleash the right. beast within. Right. But also within Villanelle through her strap. And Villanelle will come undone like a Maya Angelou poem. She'll be a mess. And I like that you get all these legs of Jody, which shows the height disparity of the two actors, which is uh, which is a beautiful detail. Oh, so, so they're suggesting that. Oh, OK. So now yeah, I see what's happening. <laughs> all right. And that's that's quite a trope. And I don't know how accurate the trope is, because realistically, how tall is Jodie Comer? Like what, like five, eight, five, nine? Is that accurate? Should I Google it? I guess I should um, try to be accurate. Google's not hard. Oh, I was right. Five, eight. Yay. I mean, we saw her in person. Tall so, yeah. for Hollywood, but right. short so. for those of us who actually reach six feet. No, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but that to me, that's 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 the reality of it. Is that like, show me the positioning again. I'm checking for oh, science. Yes. I need to see scientifically uh, if see. this is possible. Really? Let's see. Lord, sir, what are you? I don't know where what? it went. <laughs> I'll just pull it up from my document. Top Eve. There we go. Open link. Here we are. Thanks. Okay, so there's no actual furniture. So I guess this is, you insert the furniture yourself, like a sim. So this actually, if Villanelle is supposed to be positioned on like a bed, and it's just like, they were just like, fuck this, fuck the sketch. This is about the smut. So I'm not even going to draw the bed. Then that is, that is accurate because realistically, like little people and by little people, I mean short people and no offense to anyone who is below five, seven, just know this is what Candace does. 
some people say it's a tall person thing, perhaps, but it's what I do. I troll smaller people that realistically, if Eve is five, 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 six, that that's enough of a, a small enough disparity to be able to hoist someone up. But if it was more extreme, like say my height and Daenerys, negative because the small little trope is like okay yes let's do something fun with that but just there's also practicalities of like what can be done right because are we who can lift a bitch up right Right. are we falling are we falling immediately right like that one clip they had of deny when she left the walking dead and andrew lincoln was talking about their first scene together where he was trying to be the man and lift her up after the scene where she fell and the crew was like don't do it we'll just cut from here and he was like i'll do it as soon as he got up dropped her (laughs) dropped her and so you know practice lifting up a bitch for you just do it so you don't have the gaucheries of uh getting caught out there and do some pull-ups but yeah i thank you for the fan fiction i enjoyed it i it's basically all we have until we get real images from killing eve but honestly I have to tell you, I don't believe I will ever get a strap from someone who is not as jaunty as the Wachowskis. And that's what you got to bring no, out, I the know. jaunty word, because I will never forget the first time I watched that first episode of Sensei. And I seen them bitches together and I was like, oh, look, it's gay. And then before I could even fully wrap my mind around the gay scene, a glistening strap was thrown, was thrown intensely upon the floor. And I said, oh, my that God. Was, no, that was a, oh that my was God. a scene. It that was, was a scene. Yes. And I know they talked about it. They were like, listen, this is what we're doing. No, people need to understand what queer bitches get up to. And it's not always soft and polite and nice and without accoutrement, without accessories. Sometimes there's accessories and things aren't delicate. So forever thankful to the Wachowskis, despite other issues I actually have with Sensei. But that, that, that was refreshing and amazing because very few films, let alone TV shows, have that, including the L word, because I never saw a glistening strap on the L word. L word had a lot of shit, but you know what it didn't have? A glistening strap. That means, you guys, that means there was someone paid to be on set to add the glisten. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it probably glistened for the first five minutes, but they had to do other stuff. And so they were like, excuse me, could we get the glistening spray? Um, Could we re-glisten the strap? We need it to pop and sparkle in this shot. And right now it's a little dull. Right. We're going to have to shoot this again. The strap is not shiny enough. It's not. I can't. Could we get a little Vaseline? Because we really need for the light to refract off the strap in this shot. It's important, you guys. It's art. But anyways, (laughs) thank you for that art, Terrence. All right. So let me move on to my next spotted on. And this was just something that made me laugh. And the tweet says, choose your fighter. And it has Villanelle wearing black to her own wedding versus Carolyn wearing white to her son's funeral. And I stand. Both women, just because I love it. Right. Right. Yes. That's That's, that's it. That's That's it. That's all there was. And that's all there needs to be about this this tweet. This is the highlight of... (laughs) Oh, Lord. Is it Mo? Is it Mo? No, this (laughs) is Bisexual Magneto. I love the name, by the way. And... The text reads, I'm actually just going to hand it to you. Oh, the dear. text reads, Constantin saying to Villanelle, Eva's alive. But don't go, don't to, go London. to London. <laughs> you wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and then you get an image of someone also gracefully um, handling a four-wheeler. Um, oh, is that what you call it? Graceful? That's right. <laughs> Let's ride. Bitches know they can't catch me. This is definitely not how you drive. I mean, properly. Well, she just whipping it. Is she trying to drift? I, I don't know. She's, she's London. Oh my God. She's London bound is what she is. Oh my she's God. 
<laughs> okay, that's accurate. And even though this isn't in my spotted ons, I have to point it out because it's along the same thing of yours. And I'm sure you've seen the meme. It was the same thing. Constantine says, Eve is alive, but you know, don't be going to London. And it was the gif of the girl who grabs the Louis bag yes. at the kitchen. <laughs> I retweeted it. You saw that shit. I was like, this is definitely Villanelle. Okay, so my next spotted on was something that was a little asaphically sentimental. And it was a tweet I saw that was a throwback to series one. And here you are. Here's the gif. And the tweet says, mm. forever thinking about how this was the first girl we ever seen V with in a sexual manner, like the excellence right from the start. That's right. She's holding her hand and didn't kill her. Who else did it like her though? <laughs> and it's a gif from Villanelle's threesome mm-hmm. in series one, mm-hmm. where she's got a good looking lady next to her and a man who was cropped out expertly from this gif, which expertly. I appreciate. <laughs> and I did notice that. And that was actually the beginning of my theory that Villanelle was homoromantic because she's in a bed with two genders and she is only cuddling up to one. And the cuddle vibe is a very specific vibe. You don't want to cuddle with everybody. And it seems that if Villanelle has to choose a cuddle buddy, it's going to be a woman every time. Until it's not. But Suzanne, looks like Suzanne is saying fuck men this season in terms of sexual partners with Villanelle. So it looks like she's keeping it up. Like that spot at home we did in the last snack. Talking about Suzanne's misandry. And I am here for it. <laughs> and I, I guess this could be my very, very last uh, spotted on. And this is a video that I saw but just uh, sort of remixed the caption for where it looks like there are a couple of workers fighting at a waffle house and someone's Lord. someone's just they just does want it have a audio does it have oh, sound do oh, i need to play it, it does right. um and so what i did was i saw this fight and i was like like this but on the bus oh god <laughs> all right so let me just see what this fucking sounds like can i get a waffle oh they fighting oh why she gotta get her head slammed up but you know what you know why this is accurate and also the guy asking for a waffle that's the person on a bus can i get a transfer i just feel like that both eve and villanelle could get their head slammed like that and they pop right back up with the the energy like bitch i'm I'm gonna still get you right you you did just get me right there and good for you good for you that was a good one but catch this violence coming in your direction right so yeah i like all of that all that jaunt happening there Ooh, i see my analyst is coming out it's the time because you notice, like, as the time changes, like, something about my speech starts to morph. And I do miss talking about Analista. But, um, okay, so this is my final Spotted On. And I kept it from you. And I found it on Tumblr. And so I know you probably haven't seen it. And let me just say to you, I nearly fucking died. Oh. Jody's Coma on Twitter. I, oh, excuse me. <laughs> on Tumblr. I just want you to know that I died. I, I almost died. Someone would have had to come find you to send something to my mama to explain why this happened because when I saw this gift set, the cackle that left me while I was mid-chew was so unruly. Again, near death. So this gift set is about Maria. Okay? All right? Oh, Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to show it to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just let you see and now I will tell the listeners. TV. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, but you can't unsee it. You no, can't unsee it. That's what you it is. You can't unsee it. It is what it is. All right. That's... So, guys, I have to explain this to you. I found it on Tumblr and it's so fucked up. And it is Maria doing her little shoulder shimmy that I previously said. She had a little piece of rhythm in her hips. Well, some person on Tumblr decided to compare Maria's shoulder dancing to. Phoebe, if any of you have seen Friends and, you know, there's an episode where Phoebe is out here trying to seduce Chandler 
and she ends up doing this dance of seduction. But it's if you've seen it, it's um, hardly seductive and it's there for humor and stuff. And so they have the gift side by side with Lisa Kudrow in the blue dress doing a dance. And then right next to her is Maria really looking like she's doing the same dance. And then they got on the bottom row Chandler looking like mm, that's not the move. And then Villanelle with her hips not moving. Similarly saying that's not the move. And so I just it's fucked up because <laughs> I can't unsee it now. And I was and I was on Maria's side. I was like, Maria is trying to do a little something. She's right. trying to do a little, little hip dance. move, a little flamenco. Right. She's trying to, hey, heritage. But they said, no, Candace. Maria can't dance. It's Lisa Kudrow. I can't. I it's can't. offensive. How are you going to do this to Latin culture? Really? You going to say? You going to say we can't even dance to our own music? That is a lie. <laughs> Actually, what I'm sorry. Was, what if it was more of like an air conditioning issue? I have to play something for this lie because I have to do it. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. But it's because I don't have it queued up right away, or that would have just interrupted you with it. But maybe it was an air conditioning issue, and there was like more of like an aroma, kind of a thing happening. Aroma, right? What do you mean? Like maybe there's an air conditioning issue in the chapel. Wait, you saying she's dancing like that because it smells bad? Well, not her dancing, but not her dancing because she smells bad. Maybe the reaction is. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me get this straight. So you say in Villanelle. <laughs> You see a Villanelle has, has a that look on her face nose. because because of the smell. I mean, it's it's something to maybe consider. I mean, hopefully it's not the dance moves because that's, I mean, that's judgy for, even for Villanelle. That's that's really judgy. And oh. No, that's judgy. It's false. No way. Not this time. Not this no. time. No. Not this time. No. It's totally we made, made it all up. Pure fiction. <laughs> Pure fiction. It's fiction. It's fiction. We made it up. It's a made-up tale. It's a total <laughs> it I need to add this to the soundboard so I can just like cue it, it when I need yeah, it because it that's what happened. needed to happen. Especially and for those spicy articles. Right. It's totally. This is fake. Right. We need to add to corrections. This is fucked up. No way. I'm sorry. And it's still going. And the fact that he always has that fucking smile. We made it up. But that was the last of my of my spotted own. That Maria one was my coup de grace. It was the cherry on top. It was everything. All right, let's step in the final takes then. Why did you say step on over the final takes? We stepped into musings. Why do we have to step in the final takes? Can we Can we at least two step or dance? Can we do something else in the final takes, sir? We're going to flamenco. Oh, I like that. We're going to flamenco over on two final takes. This is the end, guys. Well, almost the end. All right. Um, oh, gosh. Final fucking takes. Final fucking takes. I feel like I always ramble and go back and forth and sometimes contradict myself. But ultimately, what I want to iterate in my final take for this episode is I would just like I just like to think about like, what if what if Messy Eve that is currently in residence on Killing Eve for Eve Balastri brings out what I refer to as, like I say, prison villanelle which was damn near feral all the time and extra flirty. Like there was less pretense with Prison Villanelle. I mean, and that's why I sort of liked how Jodi described it then when she was talking about it, that it, this is, there is no pretense to have. She doesn't have her pretty things. 
She doesn't have her couture, which is definitely an aspect of her personality that she cultivated after she was with the 12. Because while she might have liked pretty clothes before, I doubt that she had the capacity to steal or buy them while she was with Anna and perhaps lacked the sophistication in terms of exposure and stuff. So if you take away the pretty frills and stuff, literally, like what we saw kind of happen with Julian and all her extra anemones and accessories that a version of Villanelle, the survivor Villanelle that comes out, is not as put together as fashionable Villanelle that we see when she's shopping and things after a job. And so my final take is that I just want, I want a meeting of the minds of two women with the least amount of pretense. So for Eve, to me, that means messy Eve. She's not thinking, she's reacting, and she's just speaking in her truth. And for Villanelle, same thing. Stop taking time to try to manipulate your girl and just go with the shit. And I bet the two of y'all will end up in jail or dead, both, <laughs> potentially. Well, yeah. But we will have a great time watching what you bitches get up to. Right. So that's my final take. I want the, the messiness. I want the insanities. I don't need for it to make sense. I don't need for them to want to have two kids, a car and a house and whatever. I don't need all that. I just need for them to be on the same page of like, are we going to burn the world together and us at the same time? And I like that. I like that. That narrative <laughs> makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside, despite all the toxicity, because I love it. Uh, my final take would be centered around the bitter pill. Oh, y'all took up we, a you lot. Should, y'all should have known Agent Jahari was going to make another appearance I mean, in Terrence's he might, um, he might, but he also might final not. take. We saw a lot of the bitter pill in episode two. A lot. And then was it necessary? Did it lead to anywhere, anything fruitious? I mean, it didn't. Yes, Eve has these people who can do things because they have skills. But does Eve need those skills all the time and right now? Maybe she did, but they can't help her immediately in this moment. So maybe we'll take a break or I would love to see a break from Bitter Pill. I would love to see ignored phone calls from Paul from Harlots. I would love to see Eve heading in her own direction where they are flailing, trying to get to the bottom of things. And maybe we'll see them bump up later on. Like maybe someone will definitely randomly think of a lead that will have them being in the right direction. The same how they wild guessed that Eve Halastri had the phone. Maybe they'll start looking into some cash. Mm. And maybe, maybe the things that they said they didn't have readily available for Eve, maybe they lied to her about it just to see how she would react. Maybe. We don't know. But I would love to see, I don't want to say see them with purpose, but I would love to see them, uh, we have them already as agitation, but they're only agitation because they're not playing ball. Like Eve Mm -hmm. needs things. Eve, even though she doesn't have a business in her name, like she has agency. Yes, she looks like, like a drunken mess. Yes, but... Drunk and hot mess. But she, again, she knows what she's doing. And there's a reason why she's playing the game from, you know, the semi outside of, you know, an agency. Because more than likely, the things that she would be getting up into would have to be, you know, uh, they they would have to be uh, called up upon once everything is settled. As in... Who authorized this? Who authorized that? Where are you getting your money from? And then maybe those are not clean answers. So maybe that's why she has to operate on the outsides of the law, the outskirts of the law. And then the fact that she's like, I don't even really want to work with you. This is like my own personal fascination that I want to get to the bottom of. Not for the sake of any agency. Mm-hmm. Not for the sake of MI6. Not for the sake of Constantine. Not for the sake of Carolyn. If anything, for the sake of Kenny, because he did. And then that's 
to the extent of how long I will retain <laughs> the memory of Kenny. Oh. Because once I stop thinking about Kenny, the same way I stop thinking about Bill, oh, I'll just shit. be in my own road. T! So, T! T on I mean, Eve! Because out of sight, out of mind in a certain sense. Right. So, which is probably what really scares her about herself. So I, that those are my uh, concerns and hopes. And then, of course, Mo, stay safe. Stay Tahari, safe, Tahari. Text me when you get home or whatever. <laughs> right. Let me know you got in, okay? Um, oh, yeah. I also want to add to my final take, because I'd seen some things online about people thinking Carolyn was going to die in episode three. And I just, just on the surface, I'm like, I don't know what writer has the confidence to take out of Fiona Shaw in an episode three. So that just on itself just seems really outrageous. When Kenny was just taken out and... He was underused, but emotionally weighty, given how he was used appropriately in season one, where Carolyn has been used the entire time. And that's a different thing to remove heavyweight, little right, heavyweight, right. like Fiona Shaw from your cast, because she adds so much. So I don't think that's the case. I also think it's too soon to end Carolyn's story. I think we need to see her go through an arc this entire season that isn't necessarily necessary for Constantine, because we have seen him go through arcs and he is literally repeating right. himself, right. trying to go down. And I also refuse to believe that if Carolyn was allowed to use her lips to speak to Villanelle, she would not be unable to talk herself out of any any hit. Because I'm, I feel 175% confident that if Carolyn could breathe and speak words to Villanelle, she would talk herself out of the hit. Yes. She would say something Sisyphean <laughs> and she'd win. And so that was my, that was my final thing is that I, I do believe that Villanelle and Carolyn will collide very quickly soon on behalf of the 12. Oh, and I forgot to mention that, that clip, I don't know if I said it, that clip in the trailer of Eve saying, who doesn't answer their phone on a stakeout? If I hadn't said already, I feel like it should be obvious or it seems obvious that that is Mo. And Carolyn on a stakeout. And if if Eve has this energy right after a meeting with Villanelle, then maybe something in the confrontation with Villanelle hints that Villanelle is actually on her way or will be on her way to wherever Carolyn and Mo currently are, probably trying to get that damn drive or something else. So that put me in the mindset of the one, two, three, four passcode. Eve, that was delicious. I stole your phone. And now I know where the safe house is. And now I'm killing Frank. Energy. Right, but this also gives uh, the option for Eve to pursue the drive if Villanelle takes it. Because that's where we are. We need the drive. We need the information. Oh, was that the police? Constantine got the information, which means someone from the 12 was going to try to intercede in that. If it's Villanelle, because she's going to London, if she successfully gets it, which Villanelle is usually successful in her jobs, that is another reason for Eve to follow her down. And I would say that Villanelle would be successful for that and not for the 12. That she would learn that it would bother Eve and Eve would come a searching, come a calling like she used to when she had her tears right, in Amsterdam. Right. And she would take it for that. And Dasha would be like, where do you be? And she'd be like, oh, it's with me. Villanelle, we told you to get that for the 12. Oh, no, I, I got it so that Eve could try to retrieve it for me and I'll. I mean, y'all, y'all don't need it. You don't, you don't need a USB. I need the USB. And depending on how Dasha is in with information about Eve Palastri and Villanelle, what if the reason why she goes to Nico is to say, get the USB to me or Nico dies? And Villanelle's like, well, I can't oh. have any harm happen to Nico. Whoa. Because Whoa. Eve, because Eve Wait a will never forgive me. Will okay, she? but she, if she doesn't kill Nico directly, couldn't Eve forgive? I'm sure Eve, <laughs> Eve looks to be over Gemma. But that she might, looks to be that, good. But, but that might be the energy. Again, not a side of the mind. But that might be the energy that Dasha 
will have to try to play Villanelle. The same way how a Constantine could say, Villanelle, wow, you're but, in danger. But I still don't think Villanelle, Villanelle sees Nico. Danger. I think it's, if somebody kills Nico, it's Dasha. Right. But what I'm saying is, hello, V, it's Dasha. Where's my USB? Get me my USB or Nico dies. Yeah, I See, know about I don't Nico. Even think, I don't even think Nico would motivate Villanelle. I think Eve would. If she's like, give me the USB or Eve dies. I think if she's like, give me the USB if or Nico like, dies, no. she's like, I'm busy. I'm shopping, Dasha. I, think, I guess Nico's done. I think if she says, give me the USB or Eve dies, then Dasha's out the paint immediately. Well, sure, but that would also get the reaction from Villanelle up until she could get Dasha out the paint because she'd mm. be like, well, let me do what you need to secure Eve and then I'm going to double back and fuck you over. Right. Okay. Okay. Woo. We just... This is getting spicy. <laughs> it is getting spicy. We just came up with all kinds of storylines. I mean, well, <laughs> I, I, well, let's leave it on that spicy note. Right. For the uh, final takes. All right, let's head on over to favorite line of the week. Favorite line of the week. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay, so, and what is your line? So my favorite line is uh, set up by a one Mojahari. He, it's not, <laughs> it's not Shocker. his line. But Shocker. He set We're it shocked. Up. Friends, we are shocked. All right, let me cue it up. Carolyn, Carolyn, your blouse is. Uh... I like it like that. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. And that's how a boss moves. Yes, girl. Don't never let them see you sweat, girl. I, never. I, I see you. All right, now I will cue up my favorite line of the week. You guys will know when you hear it. There's something else. There's something else, Villanelle. Eve, she is alive. It's not possible. <laughs> Sorry, that's my line. That's my line. That that's it. It's not it's probably possible. the shortest Villanelle line I've ever chosen. It's not possible because the way she says it combined with that smirk, that smug fucking smirk, the same smirk that was like, oh, you suddenly know everything about addiction and uh, anonymous meetings and Villanelle. Yeah, that same smugness. That leads to the slow motion, holy shit, he's right about my hubris. When he's like, yeah, bitch, but you get emotional. And when you get emotional, you run away. And you don't check to make sure the person you tried to kill is actually dead. So that's it. I just think it's hilarious that she actually came back to Constantine with that smug Villanelle confidence. Like, it's not possible. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, but it is. So that's it. That's it. It's my favorite line from Villanelle. <laughs> Management sucks. It's not possible because it is Villanelle. You know it is. That's right before her eardrums closed off and she hit the vertigo and she was out the paint. She was out the paint. Oh, and I forgot to say uh, Fleur had sent um, a post to further explain why people should never buy sex toys on Amazon. But the most disturbing of the post she sent was that there's no guarantee that the product you're buying hasn't been used, returned. I'm done. Resold. No, that's, that's really all you. That's really all you have to say. I'm... Yeah. Out here recycling sex toys amongst persons. No! Uh, uh-uh, I'm done. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No. And there were other reasons like, oh, it's more than likely a knockoff of an expensive labeled item or, you know, it's just not safe. So there's that. But the, I, the number one reason why one shouldn't buy a sex toy from Amazon is that somebody else could have fucking used that shit. And anal beats, honestly. So, <laughs> uh, no. <All> right. <laughs> Do we have any... Was there any, like, mail or, like, grab bag stuff that came to, like, Ooh, the Wawa? Yes, actually. Um, from Fleur and Dr. Theora. Well, I also want to shout out Fleur to wish her a happy belated birthday. Happy belated. Happy birthday. 
Sorry, we don't have a cake to send. And thank you for always submitting your thoughts after our recaps. We so love to hear back from everyone and what they think. I see we are not alone in not understanding or being confounded by the new credits. Hopefully they make more sense as time goes on. But yeah, that doesn't seem to be rare at all with any of the watchers of Killing Eve. She also blocked out another teen movie. As I know you were good people. Because it's blocked out for me too. But she confirms that, yes, Chris Evans was in there. Good Lord. Oh, and so Fleur also thanks us for explaining the Dido and Aeneas opera. If you're wanting to find and listen, please do listen. Yes, please. It is very do. long, very dramatic, very visceral, emotionally, I think. And I think best enjoyed, like Carolyn was, peak volume so everything can resonate through your entire body. If you don't mind that, unless you have sensitive ears or tinnitus or something and then... No, no, don't do that. Also says she doesn't understand Kenny the deodorant thing. Uh, Which is... I think that's more of a self-conscious thing. I don't think that Kenny was made to feel self-conscious about his B.O. He never thought of needing to smell regulated in mixed company because he's not always in mixed company. Mayhaps. And maybe it was just a request of his girlfriend to be like, hey, you should... But it was Red that said it. And I'm just like, if there's someone who's going to be the least likely to recognize or bitch about a smell, it's going to be a heterosexual male, of which he's probably not positive of all the smells coming from him in this moment in time. She mentioned the sorry about the smell thing from season one. But that was because of the digs that that Carolyn chose, which I just feel like given the budget Diane be working on, it's no surprise. Carolyn said she preferred those spots, but it probably has something to do with Diane's budget restrictions. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a lack of continuity. Maybe it's just people trying to add stuff to Kenny and not considering how deeply some watchers have already thought about Kenny's characterization. Who fucking knows? But... Oh, and she says that Barcelona is on the east side of Spain. So we're good with the moving on up. Oh, it is to the east, east side. side. Yes. With a deluxe villa in the sky. Got bitches to the left. <laughs> Got bitches <laughs> to, to the right. right. <laughs> and endless O's coming up soon. I didn't, right, I didn't have something. a, it was, I was going to say coming up high, Finally but I was like, that's got a, a piece of that thigh. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yes, I <laughs> prefer that ending. Okay. For the episode preview, she tells us, yeah, it's totally not Eve's bed. <clears throat> Palastri. Listen. Palastri. And she adds, wait, though, no, this this is the kicker. <laughs> she says, because Eve has had those same sheets. <laughs> since season <laughs> one. And actually, the gray, like, you think back to the omelet. Think back to Nico requesting those sad, sad blowjobs. And I just... <sighs> Can we just have a moment of silence for Eve <laughs> and her laundry and lack thereof? Oh, dear. Second to finally, she's like, polka dot blouse might be her favorite thing she's ever seen Villanelle in. Yes, as I said. Agreed. Look, classic vintage fashions that will always be the thing for me. Maybe it's because all the women I crushed on initially as a child were all from that era. I don't know. But it just is. It is. It is what it is. Oh, and last note that she rewatched episode one and didn't know because remember the, uh, the gunshot and we actually did not go back to listen for it. Right. Because we forgot and we were distracted. I just thought, wait, that was happening while Eve was in the place. No, remember when we were, uh, Kenny, when Kenny went off the building, oh, right, right. we were looking at the message and she thought there was a gunshot. But on further review, she no longer thinks it's a gunshot. I think it was his head but she hitting does think the wastebasket. Oh, fuck you. Um, but she still does think that Kenny was dead before he was pushed off the roof. Right. Because he didn't make any movements or noise on the way down. Agreed, agreed, agreed. So whoever was on the roof killed him, threw him off. Absolutely. 
we are on the same page there. So once again, Fleur, thank you as always for your thoughts and your well wishes and prayers and everything in these ridiculous times in New York. We appreciate you guys reaching out to us. Yes. Like we, we already said, it, it's rejuvenating, especially when yeah. we're tired and we're stressed. And there's so many reasons to be tired and stressed in New York right now. But also it's like it's a gift to us to have this respite and this just like escapism away from right. life. This is welcome delirium. So oh, yeah. if you can yeah. engage with us, I mean, please do. Please and then- do. Send all the clownery. Right. <laughs> we love that. And okay, so Dr. Theora. <laughs> I don't know why I have such fun saying Dr. Theora, but that's part of it. It's just my cousin has to deal with the same thing. But I'm like, hello, doctor. Dr. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so Dr. Theora writes. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you both for continuing to put on this stellar podcast during a literal plague. Well, thank you for still listening and right, writing and you. supporting Dr. Thora being one of our longtime supporters that we so appreciate. The show hardly appreciates the laughter and joy we're putting into the universe during this dark time. And just wanted to quickly comment on a few points made in the latest episode. Oh, she agrees with my timeline of events for season three and also that um, Mo Jafari and see... A person after your own heart because she got the she got this motherfucker's whole government in here, which I know you love. Look at your smile. You are thrilled. Dr. Theora, just know that you have put the biggest smile on Terrence's face Thank right you. now. But sorry, Terrence. She's like, he he's leaving the show as one of Villanelle's victims. And she has sorry, Terrence. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. So just as I gave you that joy, I had yes, to give you that pain. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And she also has that secondly, we mentioned the possibility of us finally learning the truth about the conversation between Villanelle and Carolyn in the Russian jail. And mused that this might take place when Villanelle holds up Carolyn at gunpoint in her cop drag. She came across an article in the Wall Street Journal in which Fiona Shaw reveals that she has a major scene with Jodie Comer at the Royal Albert Hall. Right, that was actually in the thing that you right. read earlier. My question for you is, do you think they will talk about the Russian prison conversation in episode three or later in the season at the Royal Albert Hall? They're going to talk about the book sex. So you already read this Wall Street Journal article. Because that was in the Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you for sending the link. So appreciate it. Terrence had dived into that because there was just like a modicum of a hope and idea that he might get information about Mo. And so that's why it wasn't really about Carolyn. It was about Mo. <laughs> but but she only oh, made and us. she even included a document in case we didn't have a subscription. I just thank you. That thank you for so that. Nice. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? I'll let you answer first. I feel like if anything will be discussed, it won't be season one. Because Suzanne is. Wait a minute. Wait, hold up. I feel like that wasn't the doctor's question, sir. I feel like you got to answer the doctor's question. She said, she said, do you think the Russian prison conversation will come up in episode three or later in the season at Royal Albert Hall? Why are you out here trying to take Russia off the table? You're literally just trying to remove (laughs) it from the table. And that's not what Dr. Theora said. Oh, I I think we should answer her question. I will say it'll happen later. Like, um, so Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, I would love to see it at Royal Albert Hall. I would love to see it before then. I'd love to see it to be, I'd love to see it in episode four, but I don't know if we will get it in episode four, but that's when I would love to see it. I would love to see a Carolyn and a Jody scene in episode four. That's what I want. I just want to see the Carolyn and Jody scene. There's okay. such strong actors on this show and most of them have gotten to play with the other. We got to see Eve and, and or rather I'll say Sandra O and Cambodia play, Cambodia and Fiona play. Jody and Sandra play and Sandra and Fiona a lot. And mm-hmm. we've not got to see Jody and Fiona play together. And that's something both thespians have wanted. So I'm just excited for it. And that we are at such a fever pitch in the storyline that is 
hopefully going to be great. As for my answer, uh, I mean, I know I am going to fall somewhere in the middle. I think that if there's a mention of this meeting in episode three, it'll be a very quick a throwaway line like, could you see you again? Not in Russia. Or remember what you told me last time? Like some sort of throwaway line that indicates a previous conversation that would be different than what we saw when her and Eve were in the same room together with Carolyn, where <laughs> Villanelle was making jokes about Eve paying attention, that I think they could do something like where they hint at it with um, a witty line or equivocal line from Fiona or Jody, and then expand on it in I'm, a later episode. I'm not sure MI6 operative and we're not in Russia. So something So something quick is a throwaway. There's no real explanation. And then maybe they do one of this flashback shit to explain what is said between Villanelle and Carolyn, or we then learn through later exposition what happened here and potentially a flashback. I, you know, I'm just gonna say I wouldn't mind a flashback. I wouldn't mind if that's something you shot, Suzanne, and people working on the show, you shot a prison flashback to explain it. I will take it over exposition. I will. Just to see again, Fiona and Jody play that as they do perhaps if that happened we would have a clue but at the same time maybe that's a secret so that's not that doesn't have to be the case so I'm somewhere in the middle I would like for it to happen I would like if we're on a scale of one to ten I'm like god do I want her to mention the bug sex more or Russia like logically I should say Russia but the 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 petty in me fueled by Sappho says the bug sex (laughs) so I wish I could be mature Dr. Theora, I really wish, but if I could only have one, I'm like, give me the box sex. But eventually, yes, I do want answers for Russia and whether or not Carolyn is actually running the 13 and Villanelle's her number <laughs> one operative. But because that that right. also could be a fucking, what's that dude that got the plot twist that everyone was mad at? Oh, Shyamalan? Yes! M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan? Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I think I said that right. If not, apologies. But thank you once again, Dr. Theora, for writing in. We so appreciate you. I mean, it's got to come at least before episode five, because by episode four, we're halfway through with the series. And then by then, if I don't get something, anything, anything, I'm just going to be on shaky, sandy ground versus a solid foundation. Right. So this episode and next episode, let it be episode four. But apparently Villanelle and uh, Carolyn may speak, depending on what does this meetings have? Uh, well, we know meetings have biscuits, should have biscuits. Yes. The biscuits in the meeting. Right. <laughs> no, you got to write me. Yeah, okay, biscuits. good. So, yeah, who knows? Who fucking knows? Did anybody ever get back to you on that whole Jamie? Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Okay. So yes. And thank you for bringing it up because we are approaching 6am and you know, my brain starts to do weird things at that time. So, okay. Yes. Short answer. (laughs) I am shocked and so very pleased, shocked and pleased that not only did one of you recognize this fucking film more than one of you, like holy fucking shit. It's actually, let me see. One, two, four people four listeners four lovely listeners have gotten this right so okay you don't know what this is i didn't say the title obviously because i wanted to see if anyone knew how obscure it was let me pull it up so here's the cover so remember i told you it would be like andre and how people could confuse it for that which is actually one of the messages just fantastic so props big ups and thanks <laughs> for the four of you that wrote in with the right answer uh, michelle was the first and she was fucking fast she must have just heard me say it and was like girl oh that's yeah i remember it. that right childhood, that is it instant childhood i knew that and mentioned that 
her mom had rented the movie for her and her siblings, thinking it was Andre because there was a girl and a seal. And that was sort of all parents had to go on for Andre. It's a, it's a girl and it's a seal. How many movies like that can there be? Well, two at the very least. And the name of this film is called The Secret of Rowan Inish. I would recommend it, I guess. I mean, I've not seen it in a little bit, but it's still very fresh in my mind for <laughs> obviously. But it came out in 1994, so it was vintage as fuck. And it deals in folklore. This concept of selkies, which is humans that can become seals, seals that can become humans, vice versa, and the different legends that exist in various folklore about that. And actually, on a side note, on a side note, because these types of stories interest me, that is something that interests me, just like from a, a fairy tale folklore aspect of history, is how many cultures by the water have stories and legends about mer people and right, whatever they're called. Land, right, right, exactly. It's so fascinating because whether you're, you know, in Southeast Asia and those stories are fascinating or you're all the way over in this hemisphere in the Caribbean for islands like Haiti or Cuba, they still exist and paintings and things and things. So it's all very fascinating. And I've always just liked stuff like that. And I still have hope in my heart that someone somewhere will make a high budget. And by that, I mean like $250 million mermaid film. So we actually can get what we deserve. And visually, I think of things like, you know, James Cameron's Pandora, but under the sea. So I'm still holding out hope that Avatar, even though no one's looking forward to that film, you guys should know that James Cameron is obsessed with the ocean. And I think that whatever it looks like, whatever it looks like, fuck the plot. Whatever it looks like will be fucking amazing. It'll be like, like you're a living piece of acid, I feel like. So that is the film. You guys can check it out. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I Maybe someplace, maybe Hulu, who fucking knows. But sending a shout out to Michelle, who was number one, Will, kennel worker, veterinary worker, lover of dogs, which means okay. you gotta be a cool motherfucker. Yep. Thank you, Will, for sending it in. And he actually also sent the trailer for me to relive <laughs> and laugh at. Appreciate that. And he said my accent was spot on. I thank you. Because <laughs> I literally could just hear it playing in my mind. Also, Rachelle and Tofu Betty for writing in and guessing, wondering, is this the answer? Yes, it's, it's the answer. Candace as a child was involved with two major subjects, outer space and animals, living or dead. So that meant museums for fossils or just like National Geographic stuff. So yes, you guys figured it out. And I know I said I was going to give something. I hadn't quite mm -hmm. figured out what I was going to do when we came in. And I was like, yo, we got answers. And Terrence was like, holy shit. So we decided we're going to go in our little box of Killing Eve stuff where we have like totes and shirts and whatever. And we're just going to pull out some stuff. And then if you guys are available, you can join us live on Sunday where we will spin our wheelie thing that we got for the Patreon. But it's really fun. It's like Wheel of Fortune, but vertical. Yeah. And you yeah. spin it and we'll put the prizes on there and then we'll just we'll do that and figure out who's getting what for indulging me in my ridiculousness from this 1994 fucking old ass Irish independent film that still has a very special place in my heart. So I think that's, I think I'm good with my announcements. Oh wait, I also want to shout out Lauren from Twitter who was given props to our predictions and uh, mentioned her conspiracy of me potentially being a writer. But Challen came underneath and said, if I was, it'd be a lot gayer. And you are. Thank you. You are correct. So right. gay. Enough of the gay. They'd be protesting about me. Literally, I alone would have the million moms <laughs> in distress <laughs> with my content. And also shout out to Denise for engaging your comments. I saw what you said about having issues with the videos that have been up there with the lives and stuff. And that you can't pause with Instagram. We should have 
them someplace where you can actually pause them, probably Vimeo, not sure, but by the end of our recap of episode three. That sounds about right. Right. We'll have some, well, we'll look into (laughs) something that will definitely work. Um, As we are in the middle of a a mining, a mining migration. Major migration. Major migration. Major. Oh, is that what mining meant? Major plus tiny? <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Oh, and I also want to mention to Denise, who is awaiting her Jody Comer prize magazine. Our building on top of us is going through some construction changes. And in that time, the shipping center is derelict. And with the Rona, it makes it even worse. So that hasn't been sent out. I know you had asked if it has been sent out. You missed it. It hasn't. But it will be going out as soon as we are able to actually get it out to you guys but we'll let you know once it's in the mail so you can look for it and that goes for everyone else who's about to get some free shit for knowing about the selkies so yeah all right i'm good and now you you sir can go to your rundown i feel like i've i've gotten all my notes hopefully i've missed nothing oh yes uh wait a minute i'm about to i could do this too but i do this wait before Before that happens, where's my thing? Because we have to get back into the spirit, the festive spirit of what's going to be happening. What we believe, what we believe is going to be happening on Sunday, Suzanne. And so we're going to play out with um, one of these new Corona diddies that I found. Dedicating this to all the Caribbean people around the world and all the people who just love soca music because I, it occurred to me, I was like, self, self, do you think someone made a soca song about the Rona? And as I told Terrence, I, I looked and I found like two dozen. I was like, right. I should have known. I should have <laughs> known. So I'm going to play that and then you can do your little rundown, give you a little backdrop oh, yes. to your, oh, your yes. country rundown. Until we figure out what we're going to do. All right, guys. So we will link this in the show notes if you want to listen to it. Give the musicians some big ups, whatever. It's fun. And hey, the world is a really fucking dark place, but that's how it actually always is. And so you need to try to balance it out with the light that you can find amongst people like minds, things like art, music, laughter. And so, yeah, we're coming at you. I don't know if anyone else is coming at you with these Rona hits, but we are. Let's drop the beat. Soka. Hey. Let me stop. We need to get out of the damn office. So I will let you do your rundown. Yes. To the Rona. A reminder, you can reach hey. out to us at HeyYouGuys.com. So our Insta is WellWellVillanelle. And our Twitter, if you are about about it, is WellVillanelle. As you know, we are recording out of New York City, where we are essentially like Trauma Central. Average of like 600 bodies hey. dropping every day. But we are trying our best to just stay sane, check on our loved ones, check on those who are first responders. Uh, We're just trying to pull each other up as best we can. Uh, We just want to give an extra special shout out to those already supporting the Patreon. If you are not and have not done so and you feel led to or that you can continue to support all this wonderful content that gets added into your news cycles every single week. It's a break from, you know, all the press conferences because I know we're sick and tired of those. Sick and tired. (laughs) I also want to give a special shout out. I know you said essential workers, but all of the essential workers that actually listen to us 
A few of you have revealed that you are essential workers. I just want to say, we love and appreciate you. We Jeff. do. We love you. The world is a piece of shit, but I promise, I promise as soon as I can vote again, I will be fighting for your right to make better wages. Please. Agreed. Hey, hey, hey. Also, the guy singing in this video, he looks so fucking happy that his actual presence, uh, countenance, makes you feel better. I'm sorry. That call, that call always gets me. <coughs> I'm sorry, that line right now, Corona is the only one who wants to come to me. I saw a tweet yesterday that some girl was like, I've had five dick appointments and I've canceled them all because the dick isn't worth getting Rona. That's right. And these times, I said, girl, finally I had that, got it right. Finally. See, the so good music went on and I'm turning up. Did you do your country rundown yet? Oh, no, let's get that going. Let's go. All right, so I want to give a thank you to South America, the Great Britain, Canada, France, Canada, France Brazil, Brazil, specifically Russia, hey, Mexico, Norway, Russia, Ireland, Poland, Ireland, the Philippines, Poland, what's up? Philippines, Hong Kong, Singapore, Ciao. Finland, and Taiwan. I don't know thank how to say so hi in Finnish, but Finland, Denmark, all you bitches, thank you so much for listening. And we hope you like this, this soca motherfucking play out. No, but the, the, our track is almost done, so we could almost be done with this with this damn recording. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, until we come to you live from episode three in the new space. Yes, yes. Here's hoping you get killed by a woman. And you guys, we get Philadelphia's over emotional, super soft fucking ass. Don't try to pretend like she's not into Eve next Sunday. And I can't fucking wait. God. Oh my God. Bye, guys. Bye. Like totally murder. <laughs>